Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter number 3. The Lord has, has, has put something on my heart to share with you for the next few minutes. I know some of you are excited to get finished here so we can go downstairs and throw away the sweet potatoes. Break that curse. Tear down the altars. Amen? How many's with me? Cast aside the cursed thing. The Bible says that he will take us to a land that flows with milk and honey. Those are the ingredients of chocolate. Okay? Milk chocolate. See what I'm saying? He didn't say sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes don't flow. They just fall off your plate into the garbage. I'm preaching it. Y'all, how many's feeling me out there? I'm right there, man. I feel this. I have, on several occasions over the last three decades, preached about living for today. About the challenges of the suction of being dragged back into your past. And, and, and if we're not careful, just as dangerous to be focused simply on the future. And, and this week as I was availing my heart to the Lord to speak to me, He, he spoke to me this, just these, these four simple words, live in the moment. And then as the, as the week went on, he just kind of unveiled more to me, and I, I just want to share that with you this morning. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, And they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto Under the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. 
and this is my memorial unto all generations. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me this morning? Father, I need you to help me to focus on what you have put on my heart. Father, I come against every distraction, every contrary voice. I come against all of that, Father. And I declare, God, that it's going to be your Holy Spirit that speaks today. Using what I say or in spite of what I say, Father, I pray that your people, I pray that all of us hear from you today. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I know there are some that believe that when a minister gets up and preaches something that it should be something that they have accomplished, a truth that they hold in their life and they live by that truth. And the problem with that whole idea is we, we put people on pedestals now because that then would require that man or woman of God sharing the truth to be perfect. I am not, nor am I, will I ever be this side of heaven perfect and it does not yet appear what I shall be but I know that when he shall appear I shall be like him that means every moment until that moment I'm not like him in some way or another and I'm I'm not one who who for two decades or more now I don't ascribe to the idea that I can only stand up in front of you and preach those truths that are perfectly embraced in my life it's not a reality. I'm a, I'm a struggler and traveler just like you. And your goal should not to be like Pastor Rice. And my goal is not to make you like Pastor Rice. I don't want you limited in your walk with God by my limitations. Does that make sense? So if I only preach what I've accomplished, then you only become like me. And I don't want you like me. Turn to your neighbor and say thank God for that. That's a, that's a good thing. That's a, but my, my job is to, to, as I understand it, is to share with you truth. Even if at times I'm sharing truth that I'm not there yet. Okay? Does that make sense? Like you, I will, I will be challenged by things that, that take place here. I have preached myself under convictions more times than I wish to count. And, and this message today is kind of one of those. Because this message is hard, but it is so freeing. In the story that we read, the children of Israel are enslaved in Egypt. They're, they're not living what God has for them. They're not living where God wants them to live. They're not in the land that flows with milk and honey. They're not living under his constant blessing and his constant presence. They're not living without sickness. They're not living without struggle. In reality, they're living somewhere where they're not supposed to be. Anybody relate to that? And, and they have a taskmaster who doesn't care about them. Pharaoh and the People of Egypt care about the Jews only in this one way. What can you do for me? Anybody, anybody know of anybody like that? Maybe you work at a place like that. Maybe you live in a life like that. And, 
And that's where the children of Israel find themselves. And they've been there for a while, and it's not been a good place. And they're struggling with that. And they're, and they're struggling because they remember what they thought were the good old days. The days when he was the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You hear a lot today, even in the church world, that we need to go back to the good old days of the church. There were some good things that we have lost along the way, but if they were that good of old days, we wouldn't be in any mess today. There are some things that we, could, we would do ourselves a great service to, to go back and recapture, but, but there are some things that we need to do different than the old days. And so the children of Israel found themselves in a position that they're in bad times and they're in slavery and their life feels like it's wasting away and they're in bondage. And they remember, boy, I remember when God used to show up. God of our fathers Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That was a real God. And in the midst of their life, they, they saw no real hope. They, they really didn't see God as their God right now. They saw God as their God back then. And they held hope that one day he will be their God. One day it's all going to get better. It used to be good, and it one day will all get better, but right now, I'm in a mess. And God interrupts that. He finds Moses, and you know the story. He, he challenges Moses to go back to Pharaoh, and he to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he tells Moses to make sure my people understand, I've sent you to go do that. Now I understand in King James English that sounds fancy, but this was a real conversation between two friends. God said that later about Moses. God chided somebody and said, how, how dare you speak against Moses? If I talk to you, I talk to you from a distance, but when I, I talk to him, we're face to face. He's my friend. So Moses is getting this word from God to go to the children of Israel and tell them everything is about to be different because I'm going to Pharaoh to tell him to let you go. And he says, okay. Um, behold. You know what? When somebody says, behold, you know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like saying, have you noticed that 
I can't drive my car because there's no wheels on it. Um, did you forget I'm broke? Did you forget I, I can't run this race because I can't walk? And this is the kind of conversation Moses is having with God. Okay, the whole Lord now... I got a question for you. Um, these people's lives are really bad. And um, you got to give me something. Give me a little something that I can... What? When I tell them that I've been sent by God, who do I say sent me? And he says, tell them I am. Okay. He said, not, not, not only tell them that I am sent you, but tell them that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God from way back then, is no longer the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. From this day forward, I want you to know me as I am. And as God poured this into my heart, I, I came to this understanding that, that too often we struggle because we see him as the God who saved us, but he's not doing a very good job keeping us. He's a God who saved us, and one day he's going to take us to heaven. But right now, I can't pay my bills. Right now, I'm sick. Right now, I'm depressed. Right now, I'm struggling. And I'm, I'm, I'm understanding what the Spirit of God is saying is that, that when we live then or then... We're doing it without him because he's right now. Not simply in today, in this moment. I'm, I didn't be, just become his child those years ago when I got saved. And I'm, I'm not going to know the full benefit of being his child when I get to heaven. I'm his child right now. And you see, that, that begins to change everything. If we live in this moment, listen to me. I, I read this quote. It's just, it's just powerful. It says this. It's by a fellow by the name of Eckhart Tolle. And it says, unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, all forms of fear, are caused by too much future and not enough present. Guilt, regret, resentment, grievances, sadness, bitterness are all forms of non-forgiveness and are caused by too much past and not enough present. Listen to me for a moment. This is a, a truth that he's kind of dumped in my spirit, but... But I, I, 
I have no right to ever be angry with anybody. I can only be angry with him if I go into the past. What they did to me yesterday or last week or last month or 10 years ago or when I was a child. But if I was truly living in the moment, I would be obeying God when he said, agree with your adversary quickly. I don't even like that word. It doesn't say beat your adversary. It doesn't say prove your adversary wrong. It doesn't show, say show them how they failed you. Agree with them quickly. That was Jesus' words. Why agree with them quickly? So that you can get back into this moment. Because in this moment, he's God. He's not the great I was or the great I will be. He's the great, say it, I am. So if, if I live my life in, in right now, and I want God right now, and I want to experience his fullness right now, I got to forgive you quickly. I can't carry it around a day or two. Because if I, if I, 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 I drop an anchor there, we, we this, this summer, we, we went out and, and, uh, Rented a pontoon boat on a lake. What a circus that was. We survived. So did everybody else on the lake. I'm sure some had some stories to tell. But, but there, there comes a time when you're in a boat that if you, you want to stay right in that spot, you don't want to move forward and you don't want to then what you do is you, you drop an anchor and it holds you there. And when we don't forgive somebody, that's what we do. We drop an anchor. And we're no longer living in the moment. We're living in the past. And, and the great I am is now there. In the moment, but we're not in the moment. We're wanting retribution. We're wanting them to say, I'm sorry. We're wanting them to hurt. We're wanting them to pay. We're wanting them to... And so Jesus said, no, forgive them quickly. You, know, you don't forgive them quickly because they deserve to be forgiven. You don't forgive them quickly because what they did wasn't bad. You don't forgive them quickly because they were right in doing what they were doing. You forgive them quickly so you can stay right in the moment. I, I don't want to be stuck back there. I, I, don't, I don't want my relationship to be with them defined by what they did yesterday. Right now, in this moment, they're not hurting me right now. Somebody say amen. And I, I, I can love them right now. You know, us being mad at somebody for something they did is sometimes just so silly. 
wrong to have been mad at somebody? And then you wake up the next day and you forgot you were mad? How many know what I'm talking about? You got up in the morning and you're like, oh, it's another day. And you say, well, good morning. And they look at you funny. Oh, that's right. I was mad at you. I guess I'll just not talk. You, how, I mean, come on. Don't leave me out there hanging by myself. Isn't that silly? You, you, you want to know why you weren't mad at him when you first woke up? Because his mercies to, new, to you were new in the morning. And your God who loves you wants to live with you in the right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you've lost hope, it's because you're not living in right now. You're living in back then. Right now. Right now you ought to tell them you love them. You may not have the next moment. You tell them you love them now, and, and that, that starts to erase the pain of what they did yesterday or last week or last month or last year. And you release them from the past. Whosoever sins you, have, you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. When you hold the past over somebody, you're, you're, you're damning them into yesterday. Paul said this, forgetting those things that are behind. Forgetting. Oh, no, we want to make right first. We want recompense. We want them to pay. We want them to suffer. We want them to make it right. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we get stuck just standing and waiting. Things are good now, Pastor. But I, I know it's just a matter of time until they do it again. And here's the struggle. When you, when you go into your past or you go into the, 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 the future in your relationships, you're going to a place where God isn't. He's right now. And right now, he would have you tell them, I forgive you. Right now, he would have you ask them to forgive you. Right now, he would ask you to believe you to love them because he loves them right now. Live in this moment. We, we too often are, we can't wait till when we were kids. I'm dying to get into junior high school. I'm just, just dying to get into junior high school. And then you get into junior high school. I'm dying to get into high school. I can't wait till I'm in high school. High schoolers are cool. I'm dying to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I'm dying. Then when you get them after a few weeks, I'm dying here. 
I can't wait for the next boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm dying until I get to college because, man, when I get to college, life's going to be great until you start doing all the work. I'm dying here. I can't wait till I'm done with college. Then go out in the workplace. Of course, then it gets easy. Some people get to their work, new job, their new career, and I'm dying here. I mean, know what I'm talking about. I can't wait to meet this, my soulmate. I meet them, and they get married, and I'm dying here. I can't wait till we have children. Until the first diaper. And then I'm dying here. It sounds like something else is dying too. I can't wait until they go to school. I can't wait till they're in junior high. I'm dying until they go to high school. I'm dying until they can drive themselves. And until you see them drive off and you think, I'm dying here. And then they meet somebody and you're dying for them to get married. How many know what I'm talking about? And then they get married and I'm dying for them to have children. And then you get word they're going to have a child and you go, I'm dying here. They're not ready. Next thing you know, I'm dying to be retired. And when you're retired, you say, I'm just dying. Come on. And Jesus said, I, I, I am come that you might have life. You, you want to know why they were dying? It's because they weren't living in the moment. They, they weren't enjoying being 10. They, they thought they had to get to the next step. They didn't enjoy junior high and high school. They didn't enjoy, they didn't enjoy, they never lived in the moment. And they get to the end of their life and it's, I will not forget as long as I live as a pastor. A number of years ago, she made an appointment to see me in my office, and she showed up. And I think at that time she was in her late 40s. And she just kind of fell into the chair, and the room was silent for a full minute or two. She said, Pastor, I feel like my whole life has been a waste. I so wanted kids. 
couldn't wait to have kids. And then we couldn't wait for this to happen in her life. And she said, I, I, I bought the lie that what I could buy my kids with money was more important than my time. I'm telling you simply what she said. And she said, I, I just looked at my youngest daughter and she's graduating high school this year and she said I realize I've been lied to she said somebody else raised my kids I told myself so many times once we get this much money once we get these bills paid I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a mom One day, my wife and I were driving around, and um, you don't have money. This is quite a while ago. You don't have money. You find unique ways to entertain yourself. Some would say mine are very unique, but it was unique. And we, we saw this beautiful motorhome, beautiful motorhome. And it kind of caught my It was for sale out in front of this place where you rent space, you know, to park things or store things. And... It was out front of that, and what, what caught my eye about the motorhome wasn't just that it was beautiful. I, I could tell this thing was like 15 years old, and it looked like it, it was a year old, so that surprised me. And so we, we doubled back, and I said, come on, let's just, before they come out, we'll just get in and look around, <laughs> you know? Think about if we had money. I mean, at that point, we had a, a tent, pop-up tent, you know, tent camper. And what if we had money? Wouldn't it? When you're broke, you do stuff like this. So we, we, we got in and we looked at it. And unfortunately, I didn't, we didn't get out fast enough, and the guy came out. And he was the, the fellow who owned the rental place that had this out front. And he told us the story. I said, man, this thing looks like, he said, yeah, it's, it's 13 years old. I said, but it's got 3,100 miles on it. How can it be 13 years old and have 3,100 miles on it? I said, it looks like it was hardly ever used. He said, it was used for one trip. He said, it's a, a widow lady that's selling it. He said, from what she tells me, she was always complaining to her husband. We don't ever do anything together. We don't ever spend time together. You're always working. You're always gone. I appreciate the money, but I'd, I'd appreciate time with you. And he, he said, baby, listen, when, when I retire, together we'll go out and we'll pick out the finest motorhome we can buy. Just you and me, baby. We're going to travel. She, she bought that. She bought into that and so for year after year he fed her that line that was going to happen and came a time when he retired and being a man of his word he went out and they put down cash if I'm not mistaken and I understand this was 20 some years ago when this happened so it was 30 years ago when they bought it put down $87,000 cash this motorhome had 
custom Amish built cabinets. It had levelers. It had the extending sides. It had generator. It had everything. They put down $87,000 cash. Like two kids, they loaded it up, giddy. They headed off on their first trip. They got as far as Flagstaff, Arizona, and he has a heart attack and dies. She paid to have the motorhome hauled back to Ohio. And this guy that owned the rental company said, she's paid me to store it for the last 12 years. He says, every spring she calls me, asks me to get it out, wash it up, get it ready. He says, and every fall she calls me, asks me to put it back in storage and get it ready for the winter. He says, she just weeks ago asked me to sell it. She'd held on it for 12 years. Why? That was her whole life. That was her whole life. She waited her whole life for that. And to sell it meant your life meant nothing now. If you live in the moment, you enjoy the person that's in front of you right now. I've lost count of the number of funerals I've, I've done. I've never been to a funeral where somebody's pulled me aside and said, Pastor, I think I told them I love them too much. Pastor, I think I was too good to them. I think I, I think I spent too much time with them. I've lost count of the number of times people have pulled me aside and said, Pastor, I can't remember the last time. I said, I love you. Can't remember, or worse, they can remember. They can remember that that one asking for time, and they didn't give it. That's gone. I'm just reminded of something that I read that some some pastor wrote and. It challenged me when I read it, but now I may be seeing it in a new light. He, he said this, as much as possible, he said, I don't, I don't schedule anything. I don't schedule any appointments. He said, I don't. He said I'm, I'm telling people, you want to get together for lunch? Call me that morning. I probably don't have anything scheduled. And say, hey, pastor, what about, what about we go to lunch today? And he says, because I don't have any schedule, I can probably tell you yes. He said, I'm trying to live in the moment. Pastor, he said, somebody called me and said, pastor, I need to talk to you. He said, okay, where, where, do, I, where do you want to meet me? I've got nothing scheduled. Where do you want to meet me? I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and talk with you. What would our life be like if we lived in a moment? 
What if we, we obeyed the word of God and said we're forgetting those things which are behind? What if we, what if we believe that? What, what if we just got crazy and believed what Jesus said? Isn't that a radical thought? When, when Jesus himself said, give no thought for tomorrow, Worried about, am I going to be able to pay the bill? And am I going to, how, 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 how? Anybody? If you're not careful, you'll stumble over the house. You'll lose the peace right this moment worrying about the how. We spend most of our life worrying about stuff that never happens. It's only in the last few years I got to the place, I'm, I'm saying this to people, someone to come up to me, Pastor... I was thinking, what if this happens? I said, listen, man, I'm not going to solve a problem I don't even know if I have. Amen? What if we lived in the right now? Listen to me. I'm trying to close. What, What if the people you say you love knew you loved them right now? Right now. What if they knew that? Because you just told them that. Because you're living in the moment. They may not be here at the end of today. They may not be here. I can't tell them I love them because, ah, so you're holding on to something from the past. Jesus said, agree with our adversary quickly. Right now, living in the moment. Right now. Forgetting those things. Don't worry about tomorrow. My wife wrote a beautiful piece on Facebook about a a bird that had hit our window. And and she shared that with us on on Wednesday night. And, And while she was sharing, I... Not only was was I impressed with the truth that God had revealed to her, but God showed me something else, because the bird had hit the window, and, and her compassionate heart drove her outside to see if she could help help the bird. And and when she got outside and to, to help the bird, God began to speak to her about his people and how that oftentimes they're like the bird when they, they, they crash into something in life. And, and it's a deep truth, but there's a, a, a even, even a great simple truth in that. And it didn't catch me until I heard her testify Wednesday night, and, and that was this, that God knew the bird hit the window. He was talking to her. Listen, are you hearing me? He was talking to her about the bird that hit the window, which meant that he knew the bird hit the window. You've you got to get this. Jesus said, there's not, a, there's not a sparrow falls to the ground that my father doesn't see it. And if he sees that bird, how much more does he see you? Listen, wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, whatever you've crashed into, whatever's going on, he knows. If he knew the bird hit the window, he knew the window was our window. 
And if you're not careful, you'll miss him right now because you'll be worried about the past or stressing about the future. And you'll miss him because he is I am. Give me, some, give me some quit music, please. I mean, sometimes there are seasons in my life where I get attached to stories and, and they keep speaking to me. And for a season, it's been the, the man at the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda, however you pronounce that. And you know the story. He's been there years and years and years. Every once in a while, an angel would come down stir the water. And, and, and the first person in was the one that got healed. And for years, this guy sat there. You see, there, there are people here this morning, you're just like that guy. I'm not throwing stones. I'm throwing a lifeline. You can't wait till it's your turn. Your turn to be happy. It's, it's your turn when your ship comes in. When you get a touch from God. When your moment comes. And he sat there and Jesus walked up. looked around at all that was going on. I've seen pictures of what they believe was that, and it was dead in the center of town. You could be sitting here by the pool, and right here is a street. So when he sat there, he heard kids playing. He heard people going by. He surely heard peddlers go by offering their goods. Probably saw funerals and heard weddings. Life was just going by close. But there he sat. He sat there. And when Jesus interrupted him by saying, will you be made whole? He says, sir, have anybody other people got friends but when the angel comes and stirs the water I don't have anybody I'm busted I'm broken I can't move by the time I drag myself down I've missed it are you hearing anybody, anybody relate to that Here's the audacity of that. He is so stuck in the past that God in flesh was standing right there and he didn't even see him. He says, I got nobody. If I'd have been Jesus, I'd have said, what am I, stuffed liver? I'm standing here. 
everything he had was right there in that moment. And if Jesus hadn't persisted, he'd have missed it. Would you be made whole? Well, boy, you, you can't believe all the times I wish. Angel came, others. I was glad for him, but here I sit. Never realizing in that moment. All he's got to do is say, I will now. So Jesus dragged him out of the past, stood him in the moment and said, stand up, man. I could imagine in his mind he thought about, oh, for a long time I wish I could stand up. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that one day I'm going to get my healing. And Jesus said, I'm here right now. In this moment, I'm telling you to stand up. So he lived in the moment stood up. Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.